Hi there, I'm Kylie Mowbray-Allen from Hello Media. And I'm Jenny Walk from Elephant in the Room Consulting, and you're tuning into Bite Size Business Life Podcast, the show that helps business owners get clarity and insight to grow their dream business. Whether you're launching, ready to scale, or figuring out what's next, we discuss the nitty-gritty, the hard bits, the opportunities, and the behind the scenes, and share how we've grown our own companies and helped others do the same. We're glad you're here. walk from Elephant in the Room Consulting and I'm with my digital BFF Kylie Mobile-Allen from Hello Media and you're tuning in to Bite Size Business Life Podcast, the show that helps small business owners get clarity and gain insight to grow their dream business. How are you today, Kylie? We have a power session today. We do. Short, sharp and sweet. Part one of Branding 101 and everything you need to know about branding because as we know, Branding is not just a logo, yet so many people think that it is. I know, and it's a conversation that I've been having for so, so regularly at the moment. We talked a little bit about it last week, about the way when businesses start to grow and add-on services and their brand starts to get kind of muddied and people don't really know what they're doing and why they're doing it. But today we want to hone in on something that I find is a conversation everybody asks, which is around their brand identity and around their colour palette and the colours they use to showcase their brand. I know for me, I went spent so much time when I was developing Elephant in the Room about what colours, and I chose colours that I I resonate with um, and why and you know so for particularly red and black for me were really powerful colors so I chose those and we've got a shade shades around those and we like you have added some greens and some other colors into our palette over the time but how important are colors to our brand oh my goodness so important and there's one example that came to mind was today I was looking at one of my team had done a report for one of our clients and I took a look at it and Around each screenshot of Facebook growth, et cetera, et cetera, she'd put red squares and then red arrows and stuff. And immediately my heart sunk and I was like, oh, no, it's all going to be bad. How can we, oh, what, what am I going to say? And then I realised actually the writing was green with up arrows, but because of the red around it, it made it look like alarm, there's an issue, check this out. So what I did was I just changed the colour throughout to bright yellow Woohoo, look at this, whether it was an up or a down arrow, change it to yellow, and then the words we put in were, so the whole thing removed its alarmingness and just felt a whole lot more relaxed to watch it. So, and that basically is your call to action colour. So for having it as bright yellow rather than bright red automatically changed the way you thought about it. And that's because we've been conditioned since we were children to kind of look at certain colours a particular way. Think of a stop sign, red is stop, red is fear, don't go past that point, green is good, come through, and amber is that kind of middle ground, safe-ish space. So how does that impact the way our brand is developed? Yeah, such a good question because I do a lot of studies around the psychology of colours and red, for example, can increase the heart rate and creates urgency. So it's really good for things like clearance sales. And if you look at um, brands like Coca-Cola, which is just red, um, they use that red to grab attention. And Nintendo, for example, but your red, that's, that's a little bit of red interspersed with some beautiful shades of black. So a little bit of gray, charcoal, et cetera, coming in, mm. white. So the red is more about attention grabbing at that point too. It's not that oh, my God, urgency, my heart rate's going up. <laughs> so, so just that one simple colour example of red 
what it can actually do to you physiologically and also psychologically. It's a big one. Uh, and I think sometimes we don't think about that. I mean, I chose it because the colours resonated with me and I feel of red as empowerment and strength and a whole lot of other colours that I've always loved. But sometimes if you are creating your brand, and I did see that once when they did an analysis of brands around um, insurance companies and how most insurance companies use a blue, Ford uses their blue because blue is considered trustworthy. So if what happens though if you've got, a, you've got an idea of what your brand is going to look like but the colours don't resonate with you. How do you kind of align those? Yeah, that's, that's such a good one, Jenny, because, for example, purple, in fact, let's switch that what you asked as well. What about when the colours really resonate with you, but you know they're actually not going to work for your brand? That's a really, really tricky one. And I have had at least three times this year alone, people come to me with a brand new business they're launching and everything is every shade of purple. And I'm like, do you know that purple is the most polarizing colors of all. Literally, you can um, equate that to Marmite or Vegemite. People either love it or they hate it. So would you want to use purple as everything, knowing that it's actually really going to repel a whole lot of people? So, yeah, it's tricky. If it's your favorite, favorite color, do you just go, well, I don't really care if it's going to repel people because I love it. Or do you go, actually, I do want to attract some of those people that it would really repel. And so I guess that's that conversation about, well, we have a colour palette, isn't it? And when we have a, a primary and a secondary branding yes. colour. I've got a number of clients that I work with where their primary colours are those blues and reds and blacks into a purple, but a dark purple, but their secondary palette actually brings in pinks and light blues and greens and a whole different palette that's still aligned to each other, but it almost looks like a slightly different business. But I, And I guess the whole point of that is so that you can actually intersperse inter those colours so you can attract those different types of clients. 100%. And then red and blue being married into with purple, it's what makes purple anyway. So then you can use so many shades of that. And then basically psychologically, everybody, if you only had two colours that you offered to someone and I say to you, Jenny, are you, do you like red or blue? What would you say? I would choose red. I knew that. And of course, red is all about creativity. Blue is about, you know, the facts and the figures and all of that stuff, which of course, you of course will be some blue but predominantly red. I would be predominantly red and very little blue. And so really, if you're then a purple person and you're bringing in red and blue, you're really doing a whole lot of goodness to the people that you're attracting in. It's not cutting off all those people because you are only about the purple. And I love that because it's actually about saying how do we elevate our brand to attract the clients that we want, isn't it? It's actually recognising that our brand isn't just about the identity of us and how we want to show up. It's the impact that we want to create with our customers and our clients and how we want them to feel when they're interacting with us. So thinking about that client and ideal client, and it goes back to the conversation I think you and I had maybe six months ago about choosing your ideal client. I have to yeah. say, until this moment, it never occurred to me to think of my clients as a colour. But there's actually some value in thinking about a client group or a sector in a in a colour that then it works then work that back into the brand. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were even just to start off by thinking what are the colours that really are so divisive? Purple being one, brown being one, for example, there's a whole gamut of them. And also what they mean culturally. So white in some countries is all about purity and lightness and all of that. And others, it's around death. 
So, you know, who's your audience in terms of that, of, of where the colours are coming in? It's a really interesting one, isn't it? And I, oh, it's, I find it absolutely fascinating, which is, also makes me understand why a lot of people use those monochrome logos, like a black or a white or a grey or a white or a gold and a black. So that's kind of more universal colours that in themselves have, have meaning, but as a logo, they're kind of just saying this is the logo. It doesn't really say a lot about who the business is. It's kind of just saying here's our kind of agnostic logo, um, come and see us, as opposed to trying to connect them on any other level. Yeah, totally. So my logo is charcoal and white, but I've got at least eight different branding colours, if not ten, that come into it, various shades of things. Yeah. But that lo it's very rare you ever just see that charcoal and white in any of my content. But the, br but the logo, very simple, very stark, and very good also for, uh, um, oh, I'm just having a brain freeze about accessible marketing and inclusive marketing because that contrast is so important. And that's another piece of the colour palette. So it's not just about what's going to attract from a psychology perspective and what your colour palette says about you. It's then about saying, how does it interact with your customers online and all the different in print media? So do you have two colours that you can never repeat? In a, if it's, you have to print it in black and white, it's not going to show up. Or if you're going to if it only have to be printed in colour and if someone does have, you know, a, a potential side issues, how does that show up and can they actually see and define the brand, uh, the, define the colours of the brand? So all of a sudden the choice of what our logo looks like and the way that we show up from a colour palette has so many layers that we need to consider before we actually decide actually i just like red or i like green <laughs> absolutely now i just like pink but pink isn't the right color for my brand so i use variations of pink that kind of work with the type of blue that i'm using so i'm happy and i'm not then being super divisive with my barbie pink for example exactly and I think, I mean, Barbie pink is one of those colours, isn't it? It's a very divisive colour. It gives Actually, you to be honest, I'm not a fan of Barbie pink. Let me just no. put that out there. But <laughs> as soon as you see it, it creates an image in your head. So yeah. today we've just in like eight minutes talked about so many different levels of our brand and our identity and who we are and how we're going to show up from the importance of the colour, from our psychology, from a customer, from the brand that we, and how we want to be perceived as a business. What's the next thing we need to consider when we're considering our brand that we're going to chat about next week? Oh, I think we really should talk about people's emotions. So, of course, the colours does do come into that. But what, what happens, what do people feel when they see your font? What do they see when they see your style of what you put out there on socials or the style that you're putting out with your website? So there's so many things we could talk about this for a year. But let's do part B next week of what's coming next for Branding 101. So today, thinking about colours between now and then, have a look up your psychology of your colours, type in psychology of colours into, into Google, have a look at what your brand logo or your logo looks like and the colours that you're telling the client. And next week we'll talk about the emotional perspective of the clients and how that might be in, in, impacting you and also the way your clients interact with you. I love that. And think about if you feel a bit despondent when you look up your colours, then think what can I actually add one in? So for me, I added bright yellow in as my call to action colour and I love it. But yellow really as a colour on its own, it's I think of it as happy and sunny and glorious, but really when it's used in excess, it can really strain people's eyes. Yeah, so also but it does say hello media. Yellow really does element that kind of hello and that sun and brightness of your brand. Yeah. So I think 
Totally. But then others also, see it as frivolous and not serious. So to me, that's okay because they're not the people that I'm trying to attract. Very true. So this week, colours, look up the psychology of your colour, consider the impact it's going to have on your brand, and next week we're going to talk about the emotions of your customers and how that impacts, again, that brand layering when you're trying to consider and develop your brand identity. Brilliant. Look forward to it, Jenny. Awesome. Thanks to everyone tuning for this very little mini bite size today. We're going to click subscribe and follow to make sure that you don't miss out part B and any other future episodes on the channel. But we look forward to talking to you and seeing you again next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Miss Bailey. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye now.